0: beast planet it's time to haul at a scholar a decent banjoko bishop chronicles well i think a lot of us got this whole thing around will smith and jada Pinkett very wrong i had to take the show down i was off base i think a lot of the world is off base there's a lot of things that we haven't really considered between them as individuals between them As a couple, in between ourselves, uh, it's too much to truly grasp right now. Time will tell. However, what I wanted to say was that what I did observe is that there's a lot of pain. Will Smith has a lot of his pain that he hasn't properly, I think, processed, understood, definitely hasn't exercised it well. And he's paid for it, and he will continue to pay for it. Chris Rock has undergone so much pain in his life, as well as Jada. And um, it's all horribly unfortunate, and none of us will be able to fix it. That's rich people problems at the very least, right? Um, but, you know, the psychological grasp that it took on the country and the planet was really crazy. To watch that incident overtake the Twitter feed when there's a war in the Ukraine and there's so much violence in different parts of Africa and the Middle East, and I'm like, what? It can't be that important. But anyway, what I really wanted to talk about is that ultimately I hope That um, the three of them, in their own ways, in their own time, can find a way to embrace forgiveness. I had to turn back to a book recently that I got many years ago. I want you to get this book. When I tell you I want you to get this book, of all the books I've ever recommended, this is one of the most important books I can ever suggest you get. It's called The Book of Forgiving by Archbishop Desmond Tutu and his daughter. And I hope I'm saying it right because I'm probably not. It's a South African name. M-P-H-O. Archbishop Desmond Tutu and his daughter Umpho. Now, this book really changed my life. Um... The Fourfold Path to Healing Ourselves and Our World. When I read it, there was a there was a, a website. I don't think it exists anymore, but they were running it. And it was called The Forgiveness Challenge. And so I actually was invited to write an essay for The Forgiveness Challenge website. Uh, and I did it, and it went really well. And I actually made The Book of Forgiving uh, one of the mandatory books that you had to read if you're going to be a part of the Hip-Hop Chess Federation, um, like in terms of the actual structure of the org. And, um, you know, sometimes you don't really realize why you have a book in your life when you get it. In fact, it's my belief that, like, half of a book's ability to impact you in a positive way is rooted in the timing. Like, I knew who Malcolm X was for many years since I was about, like, eight or nine years old. But I didn't read his autobiography until I think I was 19 and it changed the path of my whole life. I'm not sure if I would have read it in the years prior that it would have done for me what it did. And so the timing of a book is actually more important than that you read it. Um, This is a time for forgiving. Everywhere I look on the earth, in people's families, in the workplace, In politics, revenge and get back is everywhere in hip hop, right? Remember that one of my favorite hip hop records from the West Coast is uh, Daz Dillinger's first on Death Row, you know, retaliation, revenge and get back, you know, it's a crazy title, but so many can relate. And so this is going to be a very short episode of Bishop Chronicles. I'm not going to take up a lot of your time because I just want to get through some things and share this with you. So, we have a lot of pain in the planet and when I tell you that forgiving is important, I want you to understand, especially those that have been through severe physical, emotional trauma, sexual trauma, right? That I am not asking you to let it slide, so to speak. What Desmond Tutu and his daughter are speaking about um, is very deep and complex, and this is why I'm asking you to read this book. But this is one section of of the book that I want you to understand because for those that have undergone severe trauma, you know, I want you to understand that I'm with you and I am not, and I will not ever diminish the pain that anyone has suffered. What forgiveness is not? Forgiveness is not easy. It requires hard work and consistent willingness. Forgiveness is not a weakness. It requires courage and strength. Forgiveness does not subvert justice. It creates space for justice to be enacted with a purity of purpose that does not include revenge. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It requires a fearless remembering of hurt. Forgiveness is not quick. It can take several journeys through the cycles of remembering and grief before one can truly forgive and be free. If you need to rewind that section and play it again, do it. Okay? Do it. Because forgiveness and justice are a pair in my heart. There's no forgiveness without justice, okay? But what justice is and how we achieve it in a balanced, meaningful way is not always clear. And that takes time. That takes contemplation. That takes reflection. So the genius of this book is here. This is the heart of the book. And let me tell you, this is not an easy read. You are going to read about very unbelievable acts that humans have done to humans. I don't, I don't even understand how some of these people have done what they've done. And that makes the forgiveness that the victims and the families of the victims have done so much more moving. So much more moving. The main thing that I came out of this book understanding is that none of us have a patent on pain. So much, we, 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 we diminish individuals and groups' pain. We try to minimize the trauma or the perceived trauma of others. It's not right. It is not right. We simply don't know what other people have gone through. And we simply can't say because it didn't hurt you as bad or you got through it quicker or didn't bother you as much that the pain it caused somebody else is irrelevant or unimportant. So basically, what the book says is that you have a revenge cycle and then you have the forgiveness cycle, also known as the fourfold path. So check this out the revenge cycle is how most of us function on the earth, it starts with cruelty and violence. Then it moves to hurt, harm, and loss, which creates necessarily pain. Then that person in pain makes the move to choose to harm. In choosing harm, they have rejected their shared humanity. Here comes the revenge, retaliation, and payback, and then we go back to the violence and cruelty. And this is what most of humanity has done, right? I think Marcus Aurelius said like, if you observe humanity for 40 years, you have seen what we'll do forever. And it's so true, right? The Spartans, the Romans, the Egyptians, the Russians, the Japanese, the Americans, right, the Zulus, the Saudis, right, we harm each other over and over again, and we may do it for racial reasons, we may do it for religious reasons, we may do it for political reasons, but we will always, you can always know that man will find a way and a reason to legitimize harming another human being. It, it never fails. It never fails. We do this. And it always makes me laugh how arrogant we can be about all that we've accomplished. When if we could find a way to be peaceful, how much different everything would be. Yeah. So then that revenge cycle is is differentiated on the other side of the coin by the forgiveness cycle of the fourfold path now this is not a circle i wish i could kind of show you how this thing is shaped um but here it goes it still starts with violence and cruelty and that violence and cruelty leads to hurt harm and loss and that leads to pain but here's where the forgiveness cycle takes over instead of the revenge cycle In the forgiveness cycle, the person begins by choosing to heal. And after choosing to heal, these are the steps. First, they tell the story. Everybody's pain has a story. And um, in the oldest book in the world, the teachings of Tahotep only get the one on... uh, I think it's called Blackwood Press. Only get that translation. A lot of translations are trash. And especially the one done by Maulena Karenga. Horrible. Horrible. Don't even bother. Uh, No disrespect. I'm just saying. It's a horrible translation. You want the one on Blackwood Press. It has a yellow and black cover. In any case, it's the oldest complete book in the world. And one of the things that Tahotep says, uh, one of the most brilliant comedic philosophers ever is he, is, he, is he has a section, and I don't have the book in front of me, but he talks about how important it is to let people be heard. And that in just allowing people to be heard, so much mercy and kindness and good things come from that. But when you don't let people be heard, it's, it's a big damage to them, to their mind and their spirit. So you must tell your story. That's number one. Number two, naming the hurt. Be specific about how you were hurt. Number three, granting forgiveness, which is for you recognizing your shared humanity. And then four, renewing or releasing the relationship. Just because you forgive them doesn't mean you pretend to be best friends. Just because you forgave them doesn't mean you want to kick it or see them next Christmas. It doesn't mean you want to see them at all. It doesn't mean that you're committed to contact with them. You choose, as the forgiving individual, whether you will be renewing or releasing that relationship. And that is the fourfold path, the forgiveness cycle. And this is what humanity needs to find. This book needs to be in every college. It needs to be in every junior high up Straight up. So in the book it says, How long does it take to forgive? I wish I knew the answer to that question, but no one can answer it for anyone else. Forgiveness can be quite short, happening in a matter of minutes, or it can take years to travel to the fourfold path. It very much depends on the nature of the hurt and the unique story of the situation and emotion. No one has the right to tell you how quickly you should walk this path. All we can say is that the path awaits you when you are ready. In the coming chapters, we will discuss each of these vital four steps. Telling the story, naming the hurt, granting forgiveness, and renewing or releasing the relationship. For those who come to these pages because they need to be forgiven, chapter 8 will address the complementary steps for needing forgiveness from another. Yet, as we have said from the start, Everyone who has harmed another has also been harmed. And this is something that I had to come to recognize in the last few years, right? That damaged people do damaged things. And back to Stoicism, I'm not sure if it was Seneca or if it was Epictetus, but One of them said something like, you know, when someone does you wrong, that it seemed right to them at the time. That in the moment that most people do things, they believe they're right. Now, I differ from some of the Stoics, I think, because they seem to think that everybody who does wrong really believes that they're right. I'm not always sure about that. I don't believe that. You know, like the psycho killer, the night stalker, he knew what he was doing. The same with the Zodiac Killer. Knew what he was doing. When this country was first settled by Europeans, they knew what they were doing. Right? Some people may create you know, religious or cultural justifications, but I don't believe that everybody who does bad doesn't know that it's wrong. But I think that the ones that do know are few. That, that, I can, that I can accept. From there, it goes into a very powerful chapter about, you know, are some people beyond forgiveness? Um, very powerful. I'm not even going to read some of the stuff that comes out of there because it's, it's too graphic and, and it, it's too graphic. I can't hang. I, I could barely hang the first time I read it. The second time I went through this book, I was like, what? And for those that have done someone wrong, and they want to be forgiven, there's also this unique list of how to listen if you know that you've hurt someone. One, just first, just listen. Two, do not try to fix the pain. Next, do not minimize the loss. This happens so often. We're all guilty of minimizing the loss of others. Next, do not offer advice. Next, do not respond with your own loss or grief. You know, like, oh, man, I know what you mean, because zip that. Keep confidentiality. Don't yammer on to other people about it. Offer your loving, your caring, and empathize and offer comfort. Here is where the strength of the book really shines. And this is why I want you to get it as soon as you can. Renewing or releasing the relationship. What does it mean to renew or release the relationship? You might think that you are not in a relationship with the stranger who assaulted you or the person in prison who killed your loved one or the cheating spouse you divorced so many years ago. But a relationship is created and maintained by the very act of harm that stands between you. This relationship, like every relationship that calls for forgiveness, must be either renewed or released. When your spouse says, for example, I'm sorry for yelling at you, you may forgive and continue on in the marriage, renewing the relationship. When a boyfriend or girlfriend says, I'm sorry for betraying your trust, you may forgive, but choose not to see that person again instead of releasing the relationship. The person, I'm sorry, the decision to renew or release is a personal choice that only you can make. Obviously, it is easier to choose to renew a relationship when it is a close connection, such as a spouse, parent, sibling, or a close friend. With these intimates, it is much harder to release the relationship completely as the threads of memory and intimacy that bind you are strong. It is easier to release a relationship with an acquaintance, neighbor, or stranger because the people often do not hold as much of your heart. Then the book gets into, you know, a bunch of different rituals that you can do and exercises you can do to kind of mm, mm, properly contemplate and consider the nature of what you've endured, how to speak to those who have harmed you, how to seek forgiveness if you know you've harmed someone, Um And how to accept the renewing or releasing of a relationship. Listen, this world, these times, they're just unprecedented. I've said it before, I'll say it again. My parents always tell me they've never seen times like these. You know? And like, my parents are from the 40s, the 1940s. You know what I'm talking about? They saw everything <sighs> from, like, you know, Jim Crow, Civil Rights, Black Panthers, Malcolm X, assassination of Dr. King, assassination of JFK. Come on, man. Everything else they've seen since then. Ronald Reagan, everything else. 9-11, everything else, right? These are the craziest times they've seen. And they've seen a lot of stuff that we still can't imagine. So, you know, we've got to find our patience. We've got to find our humanity. And we've got to seek out the humanity in others. And I think that if we can't find a way as a planet to rediscover and cultivate our forgiveness, man, we're going to have a hard way forward. If you look at the Stoics, the Stoics were always about being merciful to other people, having empathy. And if you want to find someone who's really damaged, find a person who doesn't have empathy. Find a person who's real slow, who wants to hold grudges, who who wants to parade um, their pain around more than they want to work on themselves, engage the people who they believe have harmed them and do that work. It's really tough, man. It's really tough on both sides. It's really tough. But I hope that you get this book. I hope that you embrace forgiving for those of you that are, you know, religious, you know, especially Muslims, Christians, Jews, Buddhists, right? Um, Hindus, right? Sikhs, right? Go into your spiritual holy books and look for the most meaningful and resonating sections that deal with mercy and love. And you write those down, you quote them, you keep them in your phone and you remember those things as you go through the day. You don't use your holy books. You don't use your spiritual practice to be arrogant to others and to negate others, okay? This is important. This is important because how can you ask your God for a mercy you cannot give your fellow human being? Do you understand the hypocrisy in that? How can you ask your God for a mercy? You won't give your family members. You won't give your friends. You won't give your co-workers. You won't give your neighbors. But then you turn to God and ask for all kinds of mercy. Mm, It's no good. It's not realistic. It's not a sustainable way. So I'm going to leave you with this. The thing I've discovered in the last few months is that unless and until you can truly forgive people who have done you wrong, you really can't move forward. You really can't have your peace. You really can't embrace your joy. You really can't sit in the sun and feel its warmth and its totality. You gotta forgive we've all done some people wrong if we're honest to lesser or bigger degrees you know I'm, I'm definitely no, no axe murderer but I'm not perfect either none of us are right and so we have to understand also how sometimes the reasons people hurt us is just because you know I know people who were harmed in really bad ways And even though they were given fantastic examples of how not to be, part of their trauma is that they continue to carry out the trauma that was put on them. And that's not your fault. And it's also not their fault. And people respond to the pain that they take on differently. And none of us are in control of that. But go within yourself, do the best you can, get this book find your peace and go be great it's hard to go after your goals when you're resenting other people it's hard to achieve things when you're really just trying to achieve it to show off to prove that these other people ain't nothing that you can do stuff without them that you don't need them and but you've got to do things from a more pure place you've got to do things from a place of love you know i told someone once i was like you know All this anger you're carrying around. Like... I guess I understand how you got there in some degree, but... You know, like... In the end, the world remembers the lovers. Haters come a dime a dozen. The world remembers the lovers. So... If you want to be remembered... In a way that is compelling to other human beings. You've got to be a lover. And you can't be a lover. Not a true lover. (laughs) If you don't have any forgiveness. So on that note. Get this book. The Book of Forgiving. By Archbishop Desmond Tutu and his daughter Unfo Tutu. Get this book as soon as you can. Read it. Slowly reflect on it deeply and embody it wholly. Peace. Hala Skull.